to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for listening. We appreciate that you are here. Hope you are doing well. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Yvonne Brandenburg, joined by the lovely Jordan Porter. Hey. <laughs> you know what I was thinking of? Uh-oh. No. <laughs> you remember when we, like, very first started this? Like, our first, like, five episodes, I was just a guest. And you're like, <laughs> welcome to the internal medicine for vet text podcast i'm your host yvonne brandenburg i'm joined this week by jordan Porter. like do you remember that i totally forgot about that but now that you said that yeah <laughs> isn't that funny yeah so in case Two you don't know how later. this is works um pretty much like if you start doing anything temporary with me i end up like roping you into the business it's just how it goes yeah <laughs> Uh, yep. Two, I mean, it is two and a half years, which is crazy. Yeah. So thanks yeah. for being my guest host for two and a half years, Jordan. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I mean, we officially changed my title like a year and a half ago. No, we didn't. It was longer than that. You're right. It was probably two years ago. Yeah. No, no. It was like after the first five episodes, and I was like, you're in. Yeah. That was, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was interesting. And, uh, I don't even like when we thought like we were barely going to make it past seven. We're like, if we can just make it past seven. Yeah. Then we'll, then we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> and what are we a hundred and like 50,000? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just meant like how many episodes, not like just 50,000. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, speaking of like our episodes and stuff, just so you guys know, um, one of our listeners reached out and said that she was having trouble accessing um, some of the first episodes. Uh, so up, I think it was like zero through 37. I'm trying to get the feed fixed. Um, it, it looks like it's fixed on Spotify, but I think Google podcasts is still having some issues. Um, so if you are looking for the first episodes, there are a couple of ways you can find it. You can obviously the, one of the, definite ways you can get to it is through the website. So -hmm. if you go to internalmedicineforvettext.com, you can either look at the the podcast show notes, which is going to be obviously our notes, but we also have like the episodes there and then, or you can go to the podcast, listen here button um, and you can listen to it there. So there's a couple of ways if for some reason, whichever podcatcher you're using to listen to these episodes to, um, is not showing up those first few episodes. Um, you can, you can, there's a couple of ways to listen. So sorry. I, I am working with our, our podcast host. And and for some reason, I don't even know what changed because they were showing up until just recently. So it's kind of this weird, I don't know what happened. Um, but thank you for letting us know. (laughs) We have a ton of episodes. So like, I'm not overly surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think one of the fixes too, is like, if you subscribe to the podcast, 
Mm -hmm. Um, some of them that were having issues, if you subscribe to it, then you can see all of them. So that's another option too. Like if you haven't subscribed from the podcast in whichever, you know, app you're using to listen, try that and see if that helps show all of them. Um, but like I said, you can always go to our website and listen to it. Um, and I think you can use your phone or the computer, but obviously that means you have to be online. So, um, I don't know if you can download the episodes to listen later. I don't, I don't know if that's a thing. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. Can you? Okay. Well, there you go. So there's, there's a couple different ways. Sorry that it's not already fixed, which is weird again, why, you know, Yvonne should not be the IT department. Um, but she is <laughs> a better IT apartment than Jordan, <laughs> which I don't know at this point, I'm like, it's not saying much. Cause I feel like I keep messing this stuff up. I'm like, my, oh. my go-to is like, turn it off, turn it back on or like, <laughs> or ask you it. yeah yeah i reach out to a lot of uh, it things that are on the internet <laughs> that are associated with the things that i'm trying to fix <sighs> but yeah super fun yeah just a little view into the lives of yvonne and jordan <laughs> the the view that they get weekly without asking <laughs> like- right Cause I'm sure that's, that's what everybody wants to know is, is, is all this stuff. So I was thinking, <sighs> so school's out now. Oh, that's so if, crazy. If you don't hear my children in the background, like, right. I don't get away from them now. And it's only <laughs> been two days. <laughs> like, it's been two days. We're like, go away. Well, like somebody reminded me, they're like, this is your first time. Like staying home with them right like since they were babies and I took maternity leave otherwise they've gone to daycare or like something like in the summer they've gone places but now they're too old for daycare but too young to stay home alone kind of thing which is why right and you're working from home which you were up until this summer exactly yeah I started working from home in November like so this is the first summer like home with them and like I, I was with them which like I'm with them every weekend it's not a big deal but now I'm like holy crap, this is two and a half months of just like me and them. And oh boy. Like, they talk a lot. Like yesterday, <laughs> talked a they lot. talk a lot. Like we went out to lunch with a friend yesterday. Oh, and awesome. like, even she was like, does he like normally talk this much? I was like, no, like, I don't know what's going on. And like, he just kept interrupting us and like, he was just talking a lot that I'm just like, wow, you must like miss school and like miss like Mm. doing that. But I'm just like, what am I going to do for two months? Wow. What are you going to do for two months? Jordan? Like at least right now they're playing with their friends upstairs. Like you'll still hear kids in the Mm. background, but they're playing with their friends. But like these friends that are here now leave to go to their dads for two or three weeks oh and so that's just like my kids won't have anybody to play with oh boy yeah well yeah they will her name is jordan yeah Mm. it should be their name is the 10 dogs we have that they could go play with but seriously i I foresee someone ending up with a broken limb if the kids and the dogs all played in the backyard together like they do occasionally but like the dogs get really excited and they're giant and they're, <laughs> they're giant. like the size of your children and like they don't pay attention like if you right like so the kids will like take off running to get the dogs to chase them and the dogs will like just leap 
like leap, not even paying attention off of the deck. Oh my and I'm God. just like, you guys are going to kill yourselves. Oh my God. So crazy. So crazy. Uh, wow. Anyway, that's my stress and anxiety for the next two months. Mm-hmm. I love them to death. Of course. Like I really do. I've just never experienced like. This being level. <laughs> right. Like I, I've, I've gone through spring break and I've gone through Christmas break. I've never gone through summer break. <laughs> like, Ooh, yeah. So pace yourself, Jordan, pace yourself. I got to pick up a, like a bad habit or something to like decompress. No, you don't. don't like, I don't really drink. Like I don't smoke at all. <laughs> oh God. I mean, uh, if I don't like, pick up some sort of, like if I don't pick up some sort of habit though, like I'm going to scream at the kids. Uh, I know you like painting, so I think you should paint. That's a good idea. Thanks for reminding me of that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I you just turn on some really cool music. It's normally what I do. I just like a glass of wine glass of rock. and then just paint. That's a good idea. I should go get some canvases then when we're done recording. Yeah, you could, you could paint all the dogs. I could. What a good idea. That'll take me probably all summer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay, but here's the problem with painting. I like the idea. Here's my problem is then the kids are like, ooh, me too. Ooh, yeah. But that science kit you got them, they played with that all day yesterday. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) So the science kit. So Jordan's kids got good grades and did really well and it was end of school. And I was like, I'm going to be a good auntie. And I bought, um, I was like, I'm going to get something cool. And I was like, you know, I should get something sciencey. So I, I like looked for a STEM, you know, type thing. And, um, I saw this really cool, like science kit thing. And I was like, I would totally play with it. So I was they like, love it. it. They were so <laughs> excited. And like, that's their favorite. And that, like, when people ask like, well, what do I buy your kids for their birthdays or whatever? Like I prefer stuff like that, that they can do versus yeah. like they can play. Yeah. And so- well, and that was the thing is like, especially during the summer. Like, I think if you have like that fun, like sciencey thing or math or whatever that they can do, that's fun, but it's not homework. Right. Cause yeah. nobody wants homework, but it is homework. Just don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it's like, I don't know. Science is fun. Science is fun. And like both kids, I think both, neither one of them's had a grade less than a 98% in science this year. Nice. Oh my yeah, God. That's awesome. Really good. Like science is their jam. Nice. And it's funny. So Bailey, like, so they had state testing or whatever that I was telling you about. Oh yeah. Um, Bailey scored the highest on ELA, which is English language arts. Oh, okay. and Connor scored the highest on math, which was like, not a surprise. Like Connor's yeah. really good at math. And, he, he likes math. I remember that. Yeah. And Bailey, uh, she was like, so wait, I scored like I'm the best at ELA and I was like yeah she's like man it's like gymnastics she's like I'm really good at beam but I don't really like beam and I don't like ELA but yeah I'm really good at it and I was like yep that's usually how it goes because sometimes like you don't like it because you get bored well that's what I was telling her I was like I'm sure you get bored of it because like yeah especially if you're good at it and you pick up on it really quickly And then you have like other people in your class that aren't as good. And so you have to like go over it a million times. Yeah. Then you don't like it. You're like been there, done that. (laughs) I got it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I remember 
I remember kind of having that in school and being frustrated. Yeah. It's like the, the pitfall, the pitfalls of having smart children. It's like, I can't, like, I shouldn't complain. Cause like they're, I, I literally don't worry about them in school. Like I just yeah. don't. Yeah. It's hard because like keeping them interested in stuff too is like, that's hard. So uh, being a mom. <laughs> I know it's, I know. This is why I get to be an auntie. <laughs> I know. I should. I'm sending them up to Ohio for a whole week. Um, I just need to ship them out to California for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They'd be so bored. I'd be like, hey guys, okay, there's nothing to play with here. Yeah. <laughs> there's 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 not even grass. There's concrete. Have fun. <laughs> I know. Like they're super excited because so they're gonna go stay with their cousin, um, my brother. And um, then they're gonna split the week and go to my in-laws. But the first week they're there, they're going to be with my brother and their cousin. And um, my nephew just got a four-wheeler. And so Bailey's like, I know what, what I'm doing right when I get there. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. Anyway, <sighs> we'll probably talk about the actual episode. Enough yeah, about you know. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little talky-talky in the beginning. It's the I feel like we didn't podcast. do it the last couple episodes. So you're welcome, guys. <laughs> I'm sure everybody wanted that update on my life and like my anxiety about the summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like people are probably going through it too. Like, I mean, I they should the be. Only like, one. If other moms are like, no, I got the summer break thing down. Hit me <laughs> up. <laughs> like, I, need, I need things to do, especially on the days that it rains. Oh, they're probably like, we do. We just work full time. <laughs> yeah, that's the right. problem is like being a vet tech. It's hard to be a full time mom too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So. so true. Anyway, we're going to talk about pemphigus this week. Woohoo, pemphigus. So it's the autoimmune dermatitis. It's one of the autoimmune dermatitis um, in veterinary medicine. So yeah, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen a pemphigus in a hot minute. I So we went, well, obviously when there was a dermatologist in the building with us, we saw it more often. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember the first pemphigus case I ever saw. I was like, what is this disease? Um, and she was bad. Her name was Dallas. She was a chocolate lab. I'll never forget her. But she, her pemphigus was off the hook. Um, but she, she did pretty good. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I will preface this episode with, um, there's, well, first of all, we're internal medicine. <laughs> we're not BTS in dermatology. Um, but it is autoimmune. So we do, there is definitely a crossover with that. Um, there's definitely some terms that because we're internal medicine, we don't use super frequently. So if you work in dermatology, um, <laughs> you might laugh at us if we pronounce things wrong or go, oh yeah, that, you know, that's super familiar. <laughs> so there you go. I should, have disclaimer. My, I should have asked my derm friend to be on this episode. I didn't think about uh, it. We didn't think about it. I know I thought about it like halfway through the notes. I'm like, why, why, why do I not have a VTS and derm helping with this next derm episode? She's not a VTS. She was working towards her VTS, but, um, unforeseen circumstances. She had to put it off, yeah. but she's uh, super smart in derm. She's been in derm forever. Yeah. So the interesting thing about pemphigus, which I didn't know is, um, there's actually four different types of pemphigus. 
no clue about that. I was just like, it's Pemphigus. And I'm like, oh, shoot, there's four of them. So um, basically what happens is just like with any autoimmune thing, the body produces the antibodies um, and these antibodies attack specific cells in the skin and the mucus, mucus membranes. So the four different types, there's Pemphigus vulgaris, um, Pemphigus fallacious. I don't know. I'm going to say fallacious. I'm sure it has something like follicular somewhere, but, but there's like an extra A. I'm very confused by the extra A. (laughs) Um, Pemphigus erythematosus and then paraneoplastic pemphigus. That sounds Um, bad. I know. I was like, Ooh, that one sounds really horrible. So, um, Pemphigus vulgaris is the, f- the first one that they kind of noticed. Um, and that was in 1975. Um, Pemphigus F <laughs> was in se- 1977. And then Pemphigus erythematosus was kind of discovered as like a thing in 1980. And then the perineoplastic, it wasn't until 1998 that they kind of recognized it as its own thing. Um, And that one, thankfully, is very rare. There's only been like maybe one handful of like cases that have had it. Um, So yeah, so thankfully, not a super common thing. Um, Just like with any autoimmune disease, um, to keep relapses from happening, we're talking aggressive immunotherapy for these guys. um, Unless we can identify like a, a, an underlying cause. Cause there's, there's some that obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause it's autoimmune. Why, why wouldn't there be? Uh, so yeah. The, the, the like science behind what's happening in the body right now, it, this is, this is foreign to me. Right. I like, know. Like, I know. Oh my God. I, so I had to look at like three or four different sources. Yeah actually let me just tell you the sources now because it makes sense so there's four the the four different sources so one um was today's veterinary practice uh there was an article that said review of pemphigus um f phileas i don't know pemphigus f in dogs and cats then there was um, a VIN article from ACIM back in 2008 that was Pemphigus um, Pathogenesis Presentation and Management. Um, and then there was a DVM 360 article, which that one's actually really good. I really like that one. Um, canine and feline Pemphigus F, um, improving your chances of a sex- successful outcome. And then I did one review article that talked about, um, it was deep pemphigus, um, which is pemphigus vulgaris, pemphigus vegetans, which we didn't even list that one. I think that's a human one, but, or I think maybe it's a horse one because it does talk about horses. Perineoplastic and dogs, cats, and horses, a comprehensive review, which is kind of crazy. So there's these giant words yeah that i'm not super familiar with which is great um so basically what happens is um when we're talking about the skin right we've got the epidermis so there's multiple layers in the epidermis right like i don't know about you but i've done the take a needle and go through like top layers of your skin and your finger and you're like ah no 
I mean, I know what you're saying. <laughs> did you not do this as a kid? Because I definitely did the video. I did kid. not, but I did it trying to get splinters out where you just like you try to go a, like layer by layer until you get to the splinter. I mean, that's that okay, but that's not nearly as cool as putting it through some layers. And then it's like sticking through your finger and you're like, it's in my finger and it doesn't hurt. No. Anyways, those of you out in the real world that know what I'm talking about, you might be my soul friend. Just saying. You had access to needles (laughs) as a child? What was that? I said you had access to needles as a child? Yes, because I was a child in the 80s. They didn't protect (laughs) us from things like that. No, sorry. Child in the 90s uh, did the, you just put glue on your hand and you made yourself like. Oh, I mean, I 100% did that too. Elmer's glue. Yeah. 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 Uh, But in the 80s, I actually did some sewing as well. So, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just go back to playing with Uh, you. You can go ahead and prick your fingers. (laughs) I didn't, but I I can't believe this is what we're talking about right now. <laughs> but it's, you don't bleed because you're just going through the top layers of skin cells. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware or... of what you're doing. I'm just. Okay. Okay. Jeez. I just didn't do it. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, the epidermis. <laughs> you have multiple layers of, um, I'm going to say it wrong because it's keratin, keratinocytes. I don't know if you say it, keratinocytes, but yeah, anyways, keratinocytes. Where, like, or, yeah, exactly. It's like leviosa and leviosa. Um, but so basically your keratin cells, right? Um, and that makes up kind of your outer layers of skin. Your keratin cells that are in the epidermis are held together by these things called desmosomes. Desmosomes. Yeah. And those. it's, you remember those? I, don't I remember, remember it in anatomy and physiology. I don't at all, which is yeah. really sad. I'm like, what? Desmosomes? Um, but basically they make it so that the cells um, stick together, right? So they have their, their adhesion molecules. Um, they have a couple of different proteins. Um, the proteins that, that are kind of related to pemphigus, which is why we're even talking about it, is... Um, desmosilin and desmogeline desmogeline i can't help you with that one i had desmosilin. i don't know that's probably the extent that all contribute to again if, if i worked in dermatology they'd probably be like yeah that's how you say it but me i'm like what <laughs> um so what happens is with pemphigus um the the body actually starts um targeting those adhesion molecules, um, and making it so the, the cells aren't sticking together with the way that they're supposed to. Um, and so the destruct, those, the destruction of those sticking molecules, um, causes blistering and then, um, it's called superficial blistering or acanthalysis. Acanthalysis acanthalysis or canthalysis sure again leviosa or leviosa yeah <laughs> um pemphigus f is the most common autoimmune disease in the bot in dogs and cats um that is caused by autoantibodies that target 
are desmosilin, desmocolin, desmosilin. See, mm-hmm. this is going to be the worst episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, basically what it is, is, is we just have to know, like, when we're talking autoimmune, like for us, we talk IMHA, ITP all day long, and we know that the autoantibodies are attacking our red blood cells and our platelets. Like we get that. So this is the autoantibodies are attacking the adherence cells for your skin. So your skin is literally falling apart, which is gross. Which is how it looks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've got our kind of our four different ones that, that we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but pemphigus basically is that rare mucocutaneous autoimmune disease um, that causes blisters or pustules and then secondary erosions of mucous membranes and the skin. So um, when we're talking about those um, desmoglene versus desmo i don't know how to say it um there is a little bit of a difference of like where they're located so um the desmoglene is actually kind of um in the in the skin and mucosa versus the other the other one is deeper in the in the layers so like the basal layer so it kind of depends on where in that in those tissues yeah right? that's probably um, yeah so is it superficial or is it going to be like deep in the basal layer and if you remember basal layer from anatomy and physiology that's like your basement layer right and then your epidermis is built on top of that so really it just depends on where is the problem where is the attack happening um and that will kind of determine how they present and how they um, react to treatment and like how bad they look and how bad they do. So it is good to know which one it is, but it's sometimes hard to know. (laughs) Obviously, if you want to know more specifics about um, kind of how the autoantibodies attack, um, I would recommend those resources because they go in depth about it. And it, it is very, it is very in depth as far as like knowing how that works. But for us as technicians, um, just having a basic understanding of it and like how to treat it is like a good, is a, is a good thing. So, um, so we're going to talk about the breakdown of the four different ones. Um, pemphigus vulgaris is going to be the most severe of the pemphigi. Um, it is also the most, uh, rare, um, in the study that they kind of, in the study that they talked about, it was like 0.12% of dogs seen with skin conditions had, um, pemphigus vulgaris, which is tiny, um, because of the tiny numbers of patients, they really, they, they had a hard time to really get to know what breed predisposition it is because it's such a small set of animals. Um, but the ones that they did see in like the, the literature and stuff that had pemphigus vulgaris, um, German shepherds and collies tended to be the ones that kind of were over, overrepresented. Um, and I think if we're talking about mucocutaneous stuff, I think of, um, the perianal fistulas too. Oh, yeah. 
right? And I think German Shepherds with that. Yeah. So I sure. wonder if they're somehow somewhat related. Kind of really, yeah, kind of related because, yeah. Um, unfortunately, their like age range. So the the average age or the medium age was like six years old, but it can be anywhere from six months to fourteen years old. So it's like oh, any age, any, any age. <laughs> You can get this at any age. Um, but the nice thing is, is like, there was no um, sex um, predilection. So it's not like this is a male or a female thing. So you don't have to worry about that, which kind of makes me think, well, the hormones really aren't part of that. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, Unless there just hasn't been enough studies to determine it yet. Right. Because it is, it is a low population of animals that are gonna get it too so like that that makes sense um so what happens with um pemphigus vulgaris kind of the classic is you kind of get this like symmetrical thing going on usually the oral mucosa or the mucocutaneous junction so like around the eye anus that kind of thing um you'll also see it on the ear the nasal planum uh the nail beds pressure points. So, um, elbows, hips, those kinds of places, paw pads. Um, and then usually like if obviously if it's left untreated, it definitely progresses to getting worse and worse. I mean, that's, I feel like that's any autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how just I, they're, they seem painful. At least the ones that I've dealt with definitely seem painful. Like their skin's raw. So, you know, they, they sometimes will have like secondary infections and stuff from being open. Um, and also if we're suppressing their immune system. Um, so a lot of times these kids are, they're just, they don't really feel like eating. They're depressed. They're lethargic. They just don't feel good. Um, so that's just one of the things, uh, if we leave, um, pemphigus vulgaris untreated, it's usually considered fatal. Um, so they could spontaneously pass away or they're euthanized. Um, obviously if they're milder cases, um, or they're just localized to like one area, they have a better prognosis. So it just depends again, how severe it is, but it, it is progressive. So that's just, you know, if you're, if you have a patient with it, it's not something that they can just really ignore because it will get worse. Um, Pemphigus, Pemphigus F, I don't know. I'm just going to just make up a way to say it every single time. Um, it is considered the most common form of Pemphigus in dogs. Uh, it is 0.27% of, uh, the dogs with skin disease that were at this particular university that talked about it. Um, there's, some breeds that are kind of overrepresented, um, and that's Akitas and Chows, which is kind of interesting. Um, average age is five, but again, range is anywhere from four months to 16 years. Mm. So any age. We made it a little bit further. I know, right? And we're like, ooh, it's a little further. Um, and no, no sex predilection for this as well. Um, these ones, they'll, this particular one, they'll usually get, um, kind of 
fragile and transient pustules um, that rapidly rupture, um, causing erosions or epidermal uh, collarettes and crusts. So this is like the crusty one. Um, We usually see symmetrical, it's kind of the same. It's it's very similar to the other one. Um, So you'll see it on the nose, the bridge of the nose, the face, the ears, the paw pads. Um, Sometimes you'll see it on their trunk. Um, The pressure points aren't as much of like an issue. Yes, they can get it there, but that's not like a thing for them. Um, and then itching could be either, they could either not itch at all, or it could be really bad. So it just depends on their skin. Um, and again, these guys are usually inappetent, depressed, lethargic. Um, so, you know, it may be that they don't want to eat because of lesions on their face. And um, same as pemphigus vulgaris, if it's untreated, can be fatal. And mild ones or better prognosis. I think that's the same for all of these. Yeah, I would have to imagine. <laughs> Especially too, because I think that there's still not enough studies on it to like really warrant like a decent response. Yeah. Um, Pemphigus erythematosus, um, it's the mildest form of, of pemphigus. Um, so if you're going to have to have one, this is probably the best one to have. Um, it is uh, a low representation. Um, it's 0.09% of dogs with skin issues that were at this university. Um, collies and German shepherds, again, overrepresented. Uh, no age or sex predilections for pemphigus erythematosus. Um, same kind of deal. They have like the, the pustules, um, erosions, collarettes, crusts. Um, you find it on the nose, bridge of nose, face, ears. Again, itching could be there or it could be um, not. Um, and then usually these dogs um, are otherwise fairly healthy. So as compared to the other two, because it tends to be milder, they, they, they're not as depressed and lethargic and that kind of thing. Um, these, this one also has, a, of all of them, has the best prognosis as far as like getting it under control and not, um, not spontaneously dying from it. And then um, perineoplastic pemphigus, again, super, 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 super rare. Um, oh, like only two cases documented of it. Um, so it presents very similar, but unfortunately, because it is perineoplastic, um, it tends to obviously have a grave prognosis because of the underlying cancer. Um, tends to be associated with like a thymic glymoma or splenic carcinoma, but also some other ones. Um, but those are kind of the two, <laughs> those are the two that were represented with the two cases that had it. Um, all right. So that's, that's the, what the heck is pemphigus. Um, so we kind of talked about, so it's an, uh, autoantibodies that kind of um, destroy the keratin cell to cell adhesion. Um, Most cases of pemphigus is spontaneous or idiopathic. We don't really know an underlying cause, um, which is weird. I mean, 
states, like most autoimmune dis diseases, I guess. There is some genetic predisposition suspected, but, you know, how much that plays into it, they don't totally know. Um, interestingly enough, they talked about um, UV potentially, like, aggravating it. So hmm. there's, there's kind of this thing, like, if a dog, especially if a dog that loves to sunbathe, um, or they live somewhere, like, super sunny, like they said that um, the South tended mm -hmm. to have more of it because it's sunnier there. I was like, huh, interesting. Um, and then there's also drug induced. Um, I think this is the one that I, I've seen more of, which is kind of weird. I don't, I don't know why, but we tended to have quite a few of these come in through our dermatologist. Um, but this is one of those things where you really want to review their history with the client. Um, and, you know, see if there's any new medications they're on, um, because it can take one to two weeks for the reaction to occur. Um, if they've, especially the first time they have the medication, it can take that long for it to, to occur. Cause again, the body builds up the auto auto antibodies discontinuing the drug is key for these patients to go into remission. Um, and, and it's interesting because the, the way they kind of talked about them is that the drug itself causes like an interaction with some of the cells, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, like examples were penicillins, uh, penicillamine, cephalosporins, I think in people, enalapril, was associated with it, which I thought was interesting. Cause I don't know if I've ever heard of it with, with animals. Yeah. Um, cephalexin, amoxicillin, clavulonic acid or clavulox, uh, ampicillin, and then time, uh, trimethoprine sulfamide, so which I thought was right. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So it, once you stop taking those medications, in theory, they should do better um, and they should really respond to treatment. Um, ideally, to confirm that the drug is what caused it, you would um, do a drug challenge for these patients. Yeah, and you want to reintroduce the drug. But, yeah. but it's not recommended <laughs> because of the fact that if that's what it is, they were going to have drug reaction. So just know that if they've had that history and especially the second time they're introduced to that drug again, um, it can actually have a quicker response time, which makes sense. Like, you know, the first time you see something, your body takes a while to build up the response, but the second time it's going to be a quicker response time. So it can be like within a day or two, you can actually see them start to react to it, which is crazy. So, um, and there is some thought that diet could play a role in this as well. Yeah, Again, sure. any allergic reaction, anything yeah, can cause autoimmune. Stimulates the immune system <laughs> yeah. to like possibly overcompensate. Yeah. Um, differential diagnosis. I mean, honestly, like this is all the skin stuff. So infections, um, cutaneous yeah hepatocutaneous um cutaneous lymphoma 
Yeah, I just talked about that today. Yeah, so there's, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a bunch of them that are differentials. Um, and so really, the only way to diagnose this is histopath. So getting a biopsy to see what's going on. Um, which I hate biopsying like skin lesions because I'm always worried they're going to dehis, which is possible, especially when you have autoimmune problems. So just be aware of that. And then treatment. Uh, well, okay, wait. Diagnostics. We'll pre- well, we should also throw in our general diagnostics. Like any patient. So basic, <laughs> comprehensive chem, CBC, electrolytes, UA, T4. Right. Probably um, a panel just because. <laughs> well, and not only that, but I would say um, chest rads and ultrasound, right? We want to make yeah. sure it's not a perineoplastic syndrome. Not yeah. that that's super frequent, but. Well, you got to rule out hepatocutaneous and stuff too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. A lot of rule outs and then, you know, a histopath kind of figure that out. Probably a culture just to rule that out. Oh yeah. Cause they can have secondary infections as well. So, and then, and then you got to figure out what antibiotic to put them on. Yep. (laughs) Cause so many of them are going to cause it. It's kind of scary. Um, so in human, human medicine, um, the way that they treat it is, or kind of how mm, the causes and the treatments are the, the, the acronym is pemphigus, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So P E is for pesticides. M is for malignancy. P is pharmaceuticals. H is for hormones, which we don't see a sex predilection. So I don't know if that really counts for us, but we'll say it. Yeah. Um, infectious agency agents. G is for gastronomy, which. I mean, I guess if in animals, they think that food could be related. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, U is for ultraviolet radiation. So again, sunshine and then S is for stress. So this is kind of our. These are the things that could cause it. Yay. Um, so we can. All the things. You know, all the things. Narrow down anything. <laughs> no, right? I'm like, oh, geez. So they, they think that in animals, um, just keeping those things in the back of your head as parts of the treatment thing, like things to address potentially, could help with healing. Yeah. I feel like pesticides and gastronomy are like the same. Like (laughs) in my my world, they fall under like the same umbrella. Right? Oh my God, it's so true. (laughs) Um, So if you get them started on treatments, um, survival rates got kind of a large range, anywhere from 40 to 90%, depending on you know, how severe the case is, that kind of thing. Um, long-term survival just ended up being like lifelong potentially treatment, just depending on what the underlying cause was. Um, and the, the ways that we treat it is a combination of, of ways. So um, topical glucocorticoids, so um, synodic, which I don't even know what synodic is generic wise, but it's, yeah. um, 
you could use that, especially for pemphigus erythematosus, since it's not, since that one's not a severe one, like the topical can definitely help with that. Um, topical tacrolimus, which I think we also use for perianal fistulas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, systemic glucocorticoids, so prednisolone, uh, methylprednisolone. Um, a lot of times they, they do pretty well just with steroids. Um, so that's, you know, just kind of any autoimmune thing. There is, um, uh, there's a couple of other ways to treat it. So autoimmune drugs, so other autoimmune drugs. So secondary agents is going to be like, um, azathioprine, chlorambucil, mycophenolate, cyclosporin. Um, the other one they talk about is uh, tetracycline and uh, niacinamide, which I, don't I would know. I understand the um, niacinamide. I think just because like I want to say we've used that in the past for similar like chronic skin issues. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not super familiar with it. Um. You can do Dapzone, which helps reduce the amount of steroids that you're giving. I've never used Dapzone or Dapzone, um, so I'm not exactly sure how that one works. Um, and then chrysotherapy. Hmm. I don't even know what that is, but apparently it sounds it sounds like something that Derm would do because I've never even heard of it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, again, it's, it's super similar to any other autoimmune, right? You got steroids, whether it's topical or systemic, and then a secondary immune suppressing drug if we need it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think with these guys, it's like talking to clients, talking to our clients, it's just like any other autoimmune disease. Um, if there's an underlying cause, so like drug reaction, they're obviously going to do better long-term than idiopathic. Um, so if we can figure out that it's a drug related thing, you know, then maybe we get off of the medications versus if it's not drug induced, then they're on lifelong medications. So clients just need to be aware of that. And then depending on which, like if they're on a secondary agent, you know, do they need to check liver functions? Do they need their, you know, check the cyclosporin levels? So, you know, their, their rechecks are, are based on that. And honestly, I would say recommend they go see a dermatologist, um, to help manage this because it's a derm problem. <laughs> it's a derm problem. Um, follow-up is just going to be kind of as needed, um, quality of life. We want to make sure that, you know, they're not getting secondary infections. They're, they're comfortable, all that fun business. Yeah. It's not my favorite jam. No. I mean, it's, it's interesting to me and I, and I remember being fascinated by it, but it's not like, Ooh, Pemphigus. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add to this episode because like I've seen it like 
one or two times and then we diagnose it usually with a bi- like a punch biopsy and then turf it to derm. Right. Like yeah. we start the meds and we're like, go to derm. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's not a bad thing to do. Like, I think, especially if you're in general practice, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, getting a biopsy and saying, we recommend you go see derm. Cause it's like, you know, are, uh, is it cancer or is it derm? Like those are your, those are mostly your options for this, for this one. Um, so, you know, if you don't have a dermatologist near you, cause you know, there's not that many of them, there's less in dermatologists than there are internal medicine doctors for sure. Oh, um, okay. then, you know, there's probably ways that you can get, um, phone consults between the doctors. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cautions, uh, these guys have fragile skin, be careful when holding. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say fragile skin and also just be aware, like pouring alcohol on them. Yeah. Isn't they're not, they're not going to be happy about it because they usually have open lesions. Um, so just be, just be gentle with them. Um, I know a lot of times we use chlorhexidine solution or just nothing. Yeah. Just be like, okay, got it. We're not alcohol in your skin. It's the tip of the week. <laughs> tip of the week is if you can recommend a dermatologist, recommend a dermatologist. Utilize your <laughs> local derm office. Right. Utilize your referral services. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my tip of the week. <laughs> exactly. Turf it. Um yeah, and actually, uh, I don't know, have we talked about the referral, the online referral, or not referral, excuse me, the online specialty, like how to find a specialist? Yes, we are. Okay. Oh, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes again, because um, that's always good, like even if you're looking for internal medicine, but um, dermatology is on there too, so. Yeah, that's um. a good idea. And now for the question of the week. What do you want to hear us talk about um, in our next series? So this series is going to be like infectious disease agents, right? Um, sort of, other than like pemphigus. It's <laughs> it's the miscellaneous series. <laughs> it's the miscellaneous thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely let us know some of the things you'd like us to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've got, we've got a list of things, but you know, sometimes it's nice to hear from you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, I think, uh, what do we got? We've got this week's episode and one or two more before ACVIM. Where are we at? Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere. I want to say two more. Two more. Yep. Um, and we have some plans for ACVIM. So hopefully, hopefully we can make it work. We'll see. We'll see what we can come up with. Um, But yeah, let us know. Um, And thank you guys for listening. Thank you for, you know, putting up with us. Yes. Especially when we talk about things that we're obviously not super experts in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, all right, guys. We'll have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.